Yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, politicians win running against sex. Yes. And it's it's easy to say, oh, I'm, I'm tough on crime. I made it harder for sex offenders, blah, 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 blah. And it's harder to get into the specifics mm-hmm. and say that not only is it unfair to these individuals who really don't deserve to be on that list, but it makes it harder for the rest of us when the real predators are buried in these long lists of you know pretty innocuous people yeah. and we're just looking for a needle in a stack of needles and so it's again it's it's this we have a kind of i think default sex negative culture mm-hmm. that allows you know conservative politicians to run on these anti-sex campaigns very successfully and it just it, it just makes it harder to identify the real threats. No, I agree. But I, I also think, to be honest, I think we are also to blame in in the sense that, well, I, l- I look at, like, um, the communities that we're in. You know, that the fact that we we rarely stand up for our rights in these areas. I mean, I, I've always been fascinated by, um, uh, what's his name, the one who, uh, who owns Hustler. Uh, Larry uh, Flint. Yeah, Larry Flint. And, I mean, he's a crazy batshit dude. But at the same time, he's done an amazing amount for First Amendment than almost anybody else in many ways. And you look at um, uh, the same thing throughout, um, you know, our culture. You know, California has some very interesting pro-sex laws because, you know, owners of stores like, you know, the, the Mitchell brothers and stuff, who are no saints in any way, went to court and... Judges who were not so much liberal, but actually understood, you know, the constitutional law actually stood up for them in that sense. Uh, and, and it's something that's that's falling by the wayside in our culture. I mean, you know, the, the ability to stand up, the ability to create that com- you know, community. I mean, the New York, um, I, look, I look at the San Francisco gay community and the fact that it was powerful enough to to create its own space in some ways. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I will get lambasted for, for saying this, but I look from a distance at uh, some of the things, you know, the fact that they had the bathhouses stayed open and other things, you know, the, the there's a more of a sex-positive nature in California towards sex than you have, say, in New York. And I look at the fact that the New York gay community didn't quite have the political clout that... The California one did in that sense. And it's not to say that the California one, you know, is, is this, you know, old stodgy, you know, oh, we have cloud thing. But there was a lot more political fighting. You know, you have people like Harvey Milk was a, is a great example who got involved in their community on a, uh, a larger political agenda versus, you know, our politics between our clubs. You know, right. uh, it's the reason why, you know, the, the conservatives and the Christian right win in uh, school systems and in zoning areas because they don't fight City Hall. They get into City Hall. They get themselves onto onto, uh, school boards. They get themselves onto uh, community boards specifically so that they can help pass ordinances that prevent clubs, that prevent sex, that prevent, you know, that get creationism into your, your, your school system. Because they're the only one wanting to do, the, you know, getting involved with your local politics. And I think it's something that's gotten lost in America, specifically, that grassroots, you know, I'm, I'm not just living here, but I, I affect my world around me. 
you know, I, I grew up in the 60s, I mean, or late 60s. My parents were very heavily, you know, they, my mom did the March on Washington. We still have a fight about the fact that she put a, um, a, a peace sign on uh, a uh, construction helmet I had at the time. <laughs> Ooh, I, I still wish I had it. It was this awesome, uh, I mean, it was like, it was an old-fashioned, this, like, steel uh, thing with this great interior lining. It was actually in a brown and a pink. It was really awesome. And, you know, I was fine with her taking it, but she wrote, she wrote on an indelible marker. It wouldn't come off. It was like, it's not yours, mom. And she's like, well, well you don't want me getting hit. I said, I don't, it's nothing about you getting hit. You just wrote on that. Yeah. You know, but anyway, this, this is, you know, my own little personal thing. But, you know, so I have a background of standing up for it. And I'm a photographer. I do photography. Um, I do a class called Gorilla Bondage, uh, Gorilla Photography and Bondage, which is about, um, being a photographer, going out on the street, understanding what your local laws are about. And especially today with the fact that um, uh, police departments don't want you photographing them. They don't want you on the street with a camera. If you have a professional looking camera, you are a terrorist as far as most police departments are concerned. You know, the fact that the, the building plans for most cities are available uh, in detail from uh, the, the local housing authority is irrespective. If you want any building in New York, you can get the plans for it from uh, the proper authorities for about 10 bucks or thereabouts. Um, and a lot of it is actually online, you know, uh, available for free. So, um, you know, uh, going after somebody because they have a, a, a Nikon with a, an awesome lens is absurd. Uh, was it Long Beach, California? Uh, just uh, announced and actually is now prosecuting somebody because they've decided that um, they're going to uh, harass and um, detain and you know treat as terrorists anybody who who takes who's who's seen taking photos of non-aesthetic things. I'm sorry, non-what? Aesthetic. Oh wow. I'm like, so wait a minute, so suddenly police are, you know, like, I'm sorry, I don't think, I, I don't understand your, you know, you're, you're, the aesthetic of you shooting that building just is a non-issue, you must be a terrorist. I mean, I mean, what is it? Oh, the girl you're shooting is ugly, you must be a terrorist. I mean, what the fuck? You know, it, it's it's absurd in that sense, you know, it, and it's their way of getting around the attitude of, you know, legally you have a right to shoot anywhere in public. If I want to shoot any building, I can shoot it. But, oh, that building, you know, if you shoot that building, it's a terrorist issue. Well, no, that building is is a building. You know, how many people here have cell, cell cams? And you're bugging the guy with the camera that you can see? Go chase every fucker with a, uh, a cell cam if you want to go after terrorists. Oh, wait. Um, you know, I, I love it, especially in New York, when they originally started, they actually were harass, harassing a lot of photographers for, uh, for taking photos of things like the Empire State Building. Gee, do you know how many photos out there there are of the Empire State Building? It's a fucking landmark. Yeah, the, the secret's out. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know, just hell. All they have to do is buy five postcards. They got everything they need. <laughs> so you know, again, it's that knowing what you're. You're like I, I'm very much a, a First Amendment um, freedom of speech, and uh, um, I'm very much in that attitude that a large problem that our communities have towards the larger world is we get too focused on ourselves and not realizing that First Amendment means First Amendment everybody. Rights are for everybody. And that element that, you know, we start narrow focusing it, not realizing that if we have the rights, you know, the right to, to uh, we have the right to, uh, what you call it, uh, uh, um, to congregate. And when that right is being taken, that's a, that's a larger right. It's not just specific to BDSM. 
and we forget these things and you know it, it's amazing i mean i i cannot understand anybody who is a uh, who claims to be libertarian you know which is basically oh you're a republican okay whatever and or uh uh you know or even saying they're a republican i mean like and you're in the scene you're out of your bat you're a batshit mind you know because you're against the very things that allow you to do those things you know, and, and you're like, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a, a one note voter. And I'm like, well, actually you are, you're voting for more, more, uh, repression and more guns. Well, good for you. What happened to your sexual, uh, your sexual freedom? What happened to your freedom to just be a person? You know, sorry, my little political rant and I'm sure I'll get <laughs> nailed for that. But I, oh, I, I actually, I was talking to, uh, 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 somebody who was very, very, uh, in that area and I just ripped them an asshole. You know, my, my first word to anybody, uh, are you a libertarian, by the way? Me? Yes. No. Good. Because if, just going to say, because the uh, last person I, I actually had a conversation, I just said, you're, you're, God, you're a fucking moron. Right up front. You know, and that's my attitude towards anyone who's a Tea Partyist or, or, or says they're a libertarian. You know, hand your brains in, you know, you're in violation of, of using a dangerous object. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll stop there. But anyway, so uh, where were we? Let's get back to where we were. You know, uh, la, 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 la. So back to sex positives and, and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, you tell me you have Midori coming. Uh, yes. Happier subject. Sorry, Midori. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's going to be she's gonna be teaching a class at uh, Thanksgiving in November, and she's going to be appearing at Shameless Grounds, uh, I believe that same week, um, uh, a couple days prior to Thanksgiving. Sweet. Um, and I don't, I don't have the, the information in front of me, but you know, if you go to the Thanksgiving uh, website or the Shameless Grounds website, it will be on their calendar. Does, it, does your does your group have a uh, a website? Oh yeah, Jesus Christ! I should be plugging that, shouldn't I? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we'll plug it at the end of this too. So it's like, and we'll put it on things just so David knows. I'm taking good care of him here. Come on, okay, plug it, man, plug it. It's a uh, it's uh, sexstl.com, and um. That's and that'll take you to our blog, um, which is updated regularly. There's myself, uh, Kendra Holiday, a woman named Anna, who's really the the, the brains behind Sex Positive St. Louis, <laughs> and a, another really talented writer named Johnny Murdoch. We uh, update the blog regularly, and we bring in. We've got some wonderful guest bloggers. Uh, Susie Bright's guest blog for us. Oh, sweet. Um, well, yeah. I mean, she gave us permission to like steal some of her shit and post it. Well, I, well, uh, I, 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 I've loved her stuff for a very long time. I thought I've always oh, yeah. thought of her as being like one of the sane ones. Oh yeah, she's 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 wonderful. Um, Lee's guess well, Lee's let us jack his shit and run it on our blog. Um, and then uh, we have a calendar, and we try to sort of, to the best of our ability, aggregate all the other kinky calendars and kinky organizations in town and get their events on our calendar. So, if you want to find out about Midori, you can go to the Sex Positive St. Louis calendar on our website, sexstl.com, and we should we and we can hook you up with that information. Sweet, 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 sweet. And that's in November, and I'm really looking forward to that because um, I haven't seen her. I've, I've seen Midori around at events, but I honestly don't think I've seen her present since uh, the first Shibari Con in 04. Hmm. And she's just bloody brilliant. Like, I just love watching her, watching her presentations. I think she's, for me, I think Midori's one of the best presenters on any topic, kink or otherwise. Okay. I, I, I will, I, I, I definitely, she's one of the great ones, yes. You know, it, it's actually funny. I, I, I found out actually she only really kind of started around the, t you know, was, you know, becoming famous about the time that uh, I got in the scene back in uh, 93, actually. 
I, I'd always thought she went further back, and it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, the way, the way that I think I think the way I got hip to her was um, Steve Diagetti. Um, he's a he's a yes a St. Louis and a St. Louis expatriate. He's gorgeous. And, um, he does amazing stuff. Oh God, yeah. And I saw the photos that he took of her, and I was like, oh my God, who is this woman? And then I found out that she was just such an incredible badass. But yeah, yeah I, I'm really looking forward to seeing her. Yeah, she was at rope camp. She had just gotten a, a new hakama uh, for uh, you know the the komodo type thing uh, dress, and we were talking about the fact that they're, they're kind of Japan is like modernizing it and really doing some interesting things with it. She's 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 a lot of fun. I've I've known her for years, and she's funny as all hell. She's she. I remember was it uh, a couple of years ago at actually it was oh this is funny at. Um, Blah 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 at uh, the fetish fleet. Actually, I think it was the first time it was in Rhode Island. Actually, and somebody was had started making silicone tentacle dildos. Of course. And she comes running by me with like she bought like the last three or whatever. Like I have tentacle dildos, you know, doing her little you know Midori thing, and I'm like laughing my ass off because like of course Midori would buy up the entire stock of you know freaking tentacle dildos, you know. <laughs> 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 and she's running right. It was it was pretty awesome. But yeah, she she's um yeah, I've so oh god, I'm not gonna say how long I've known her, but yes, she's 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 kinda awesome. We like her a lot. Yeah, she's adorable. Her. When she I is. when I'd seen pictures of her and I'd I'd seen her on television before I met her mm -hmm. and I just got it in my head that she was like, you know, six foot tall, you know, anime superhero and I'd be so intimidated by her and she's just the sweetest person and she's tiny and she wears glasses. It's like, oh my god, you're so cute, and you could still probably kill me in seven seconds. But oh yes, adorable. oh yes, you'd be adorable while you did it. She did a. Oh, you're gonna lose. She did a. Um, uh, it was a fundraiser for NCSF. Oh, quite a number of years ago at. Uh, uh, was it uh, the the Lure in New York City, and her little presentation as part of the fundraiser was she did a little uh, Shibari demonstration. Well, more it was more of just a tie a bondage demonstration. And she tied up this huge, like, six-foot um, muscle boy, Chelsea muscle boy. So, you know, the type, you know, zero body fat, you know, breasts that are bigger than most girls, and, you know, solid muscle. And she gets him down, you know, ties him up, and gets him in a serious hog tie. Like, this this boy is not going anywhere. You know, and Midori's ex, and, okay. And they finish the bit, and, you know, she does her whole thing, you know, give it to NCSF, whatever. And she has to clear the stage. She reaches down, cleans and jerks him up in the air, and walks off with him. <laughs> the look on his face was, what the fuck? You know, because she's like, you know, how tall? And he's, yeah, it was, she's, she's, she, you know, she'd been, she was uh, ex-military. So I was like, yeah, she, she's, you don't mess with Midori. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So that's, that sounds like awesome. I mean, there's a lot going on there. I, this, this is, like I said, even with all the troubles you're talking about, I like hearing about, it's, it's the sounds of a, of a community that's, that's got a, a lot of uh, vibrancy in it and in some ways doesn't realize it has it. Yeah, we're, it's, it's definitely in flux. I'm hoping it'll, yeah. it'll find its own level. Because like I said, for 15 years, as far as I knew, there was you know one play party a month. Mm -hmm. And then just in the last like year, year and a half, um, you know, three dungeons opened. All these new groups got started. Shameless yeah. grounds uh, opened up, and so it's just a big change from what we're used to. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Well, you know, just just to throw out something, and and, and so that 
something to take heart from actually uh back when i was on the board and chess board is known for or has been known in the past for being a very fractious environment now at the time that i was uh on the board you have to understand chess was at um bond street which is a theater on uh, bond street actually uh and we had a downstairs uh, the first floor which is the theater and then the basement and we would do um uh, a Tuesday and Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday night events. So we had uh, the main event, which would be the, you know, the general test subject, on Tuesday. Wednesday would be the SIG. So we have one SIG upstairs and one SIG uh, special interest group upstairs and downstairs. And test had like about five or six or more special interest groups at the time. Yeah, the couple SIG, the pony SIG, the uh, uh, bondage SIG. You know, it's the dominant men's. You know, a lot of a lot of different groups. And then we also put on a, a, a party each month, and we'd also put on a workshop or two each month. And we were at we were at this thing where the uh, was it the um, the blah 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 the uh, uh, the uh, LGBT center uh, uh, was although at the time it was only the LGB T had not been added yet um, was. Uh, they were re rebuilding the place on 13th Street, so they had a they were renting a, a building over on uh, over near uh, Hellfire actually on 10th at the time. Hellfire is no longer there, and uh, GMSMA, which is sadly also uh, defunct in New York, which was uh, uh, the Gay Men's SM uh, Activists uh, Group, which was a very awesome uh, gay group, uh, almost as old as Tess. Tess was is the oldest. It was it started in seven, 1970. And GMS Mail, I think, started like 71, 72. And what happened here was they were having a thing, uh, this uh, uh, BDSM festival thing. Uh, uh, and Midori was doing a class during the day, and I was there. And uh, it was a very funny bit, actually. It almost sounds a segue. Uh, Midori was wearing this, this you, you've seen her, her, her latex outfits, right? Okay, yes. she was wearing this this latex green kimono. I mean, oh my god, to die for. And she had Michael Blue, who's a photographer who does work with her in California. And, uh, he was there, and there was some guy. She was going to do takedowns, and some guy. You know, there's always some idiot who, after you go, hi, this is going to be a demonstration. We're not actually doing a scene, so we're you know don't fight back. I'm just going to do some things. Um, you always get somebody as a presenter. You always get that one yutz who basically decides, you know, you're so and so, and this is their one chance to like prove themselves, and mm -hmm. you just want to cut their throat. So anyway, uh, she's just going to take down. She's wearing this dress. It's this awesome, you know, latex dress with a ton of lube on it, and it's gorgeous. And like, she doesn't want to break it. So of course, he decides after she's explained to him, this is not a scene. Decides it's a scene, and they end up in a tussling match. Now, the joke of this is, you know, she's lubed to the max. So it's like watching a watermelon seed. She keeps popping to the top. <laughs> Every time he grabs her. In, in the end, she's literally sitting on top of him, like trying to be as cool as she can with one elbow down, looking like, you know, like, I meant to do that. And he's, um, you know, she finishes and, she, she, you know, you know, she's being Miss, you know, cool walks off, comes over to me and, and, and uh, Blue and she's like, God, God damn, you know, she just starts, you know, like saying not nice things about the guy. And, you know, Blue and I start talking, uh, start talking about, um, uh, what was it, um, you know, uh, he starts going off about on about um, uh, California. He's, he's 
saying not so nice things about Janice. This was a Janice's 10th anniversary and they didn't do anything. And he's not, he's not very involved in the scene at the moment because of this, that, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, just lambasting the, the San Francisco scene for basically not being as great as it could possibly be. And he goes, what are, well, tell me about Tess. And I go, well, um, we, uh, you know, we, and I basically do ex tell them exactly what I just explained to you. You know, you know, we're doing the, you know, the two nights and we've got uh, two things happening on Wednesday and blah, blah. And, I, and look at his faces. His eyes are getting wider and wider and wider and wider. And I'm like, you know, like, what the fuck am I saying wrong? Now, he then goes into, my God, you people have your shit together. You're fantastic. And you put on this event. And he's going on and on and on. And I'm standing there and I'm, I'm dunderstruck because, you know, Two nights before we'd had a major board meeting, you know, basically people were coming at each other with baseball bats. And I'm saying that in a metaphorical way, not an actual physical way. You know, we, we've had, you know, tons of stuff. And I suddenly realized when you do, when you do great things, there is great pain. There is great stress, you know, and you have to look at, you know, what are you doing not at the bad things? And unfortunately people, especially in small groups, we, we get told by everyone, oh my God, you're shit. You're horrible. You're doing horrible things. You're, look at you fighting. And the reality of it is you're, you're doing things. And yes, there are growing pains. Yes, there are problems. Yes, you know, people are going to do stupid things and, you know, things, parts of the community will collapse and then build up again. But it's the good things that come of it, not the bad things. And you have to look at those because somebody outside of your scene, like here I am, you've told me a lot of things. I'm going, wow, your scene sounds fantastic. On the other hand, you're going, yeah, we got a lot of problems. We're in flux. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, but you're still putting on parties. You're still doing stuff. And well, yes, you 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 reached up and then came down a little. It'll build again. And you know the good thing is realizing what you know people outside because like I get people who tell me you know, like oh te you know like from other wow this test event was fantastic and then the insiders going oh my god we were fighting it was horrible oh you know you didn't do this and I'm like you know something people came to the event they had a lot of fun they got what they wanted we win we did good. You know, and I think that we don't do that to ourselves. We do that badly to ourselves and we don't do it enough to get out of our local, you know, black hole and hear how good we're doing in other areas. You know, from somebody who's just coming in, who doesn't know anything about the politics and doesn't need to know about the politics because they're right. here to find out, you know, did, is the support there for them? Uh, is your event there for them? Is your, um, you know, did your, was your group there for when they needed it? You know, and that's really important part. And, you know, yeah, there's going to be fighting. There's always going to be fighting. We're, we're doing incredibly, you know, most people are running events for no freaking money. You know, uh, test doesn't make money, you know, doesn't really make money off of it. Nobody who's doing it is getting paid worth, you know, anything other than the satisfaction. And if you're not getting something out of it for a satisfaction, why are you doing it? You know, and, and that's the, you know, that's the thing is to look, look past the, the, you know, what you think is the shit. And realize that's just, you know, it's effect. You know, it's, it's a byproduct. Now, what's really going on? I, I agree completely. It's, it's really the new people that are coming into the scene because of, you know, now, especially because of the internet mm, and FetLife, yeah. we get a lot more people who are sort of like, you know, trucking in from outside of the city who live in, you know, smaller communities where there's nothing going on or very little going on. And they don't know a lot of the drama and a lot of the BS. They just, you know, they come to St. Louis and there's something here for them. Right. Regardless of whether it's better or worse than what was available, you know, six months, a year, five years ago, 
there's something for them that they're not getting in their you know small town. Right. And 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 I keep forgetting that I'm 37 because you know in my head I'm, <laughs> in my head I'm still 22. Mm-hmm. So I'm somewhat you know the older guy in the scene for some of the you know people in their early 20s coming in. Yeah. And they come in with these wide eyes and they're just so pleased to find out that they're not alone. Like I right. I ran into these kids at Shameless Grounds a few days ago. And it was their first time at, at Shameless. And they're just like, I'm just so happy to know that there are other people like me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. honey, <laughs> you're, you're among family. You know, welcome home. So, yeah, that's what really keeps me going. you got to sort of get away from the jaded, mm-hmm. the people who are as jaded as you are, and, and focus on the new people who sure. need, you know, a cushion to land on when they make the leap. And that, that keeps me going. Yeah, I, I say I love, I love exactly what you just said. You know, welcome, you know, your family. Welcome to, welcome home. And a lot of people, I mean, I, I like doing things like uh, a lot of the 101 events, like, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, the Flea in, in Rhode Island now and stuff like that. Because, you know, I remember I remember the first time I walked in Tess's doors. And we, we used to do a thing at Tess where every once in a while we, we do a thing of, tell us, your, tell us your, your walk in the door story. And everybody's story, and this goes back to that looking glass thing, you know, stepping through the looking glass. Everybody's, you know, like uh, one gentleman was talking about how he was expecting, you know, uh, uh, you know, leather-clad bikers who are going to grab and rape him and do all this thing. And he walks in, and there's uh, uh, Her Majesty, this large black woman, going, "Hi, y'all, come on in," you know, and "Come on in, have a seat," you know, and perfectly normal people, you know, and and. You know, the one thing you do when you walk through, you suddenly realize, A, there are other people like you, and you're not alone. And I think that's, if if anything, that's the one lesson I think is the most important lesson the scene has to teach. I mean, fuck flogging. Flogging is, I mean, yes, I have a big thing on uh, how to flog on on Kink Academy, and please go watch it, you know. But, you had to do that. But um, And whips. And other things. But it's, that's, that's skills. It, and the skills are, are wonderful things to have, but they're not the scene. They're not your kink. They're not you. And it's something I've always told people is that, you know, learn everything you want to and even learn the things you don't want to. But remember the one lesson you learned first, which was when you walked in the door, you weren't alone. That there are other people like you. Because that's the most important lesson. You know, it's and it's that one point where you have to understand that even if you didn't know anything about yourself... That's where you're going to find the things that matter to you. Because people get so hooked up in the, you know, I need to learn whips. I need to learn this. I need to learn that. And the one thing they don't learn, which was the the thing that they, they got into the scene in the first place, was who am I and what is it that I want? And that's, I think, the most important thing. It's like I was doing rope before I was doing anything else. It took me years to finally go back to doing rope. That's why I do all these rope classes now, because for a long time I was the whip guy. I was that guy with whips. You want? I mean, I'm still the guy with whips. You know, you want to learn whips. I do the, one of the best uh, signal whip classes around, and I, I will say that with no shame at all. And and, and I don't even say that with hubris. I know I do it. But the joke of it is, that's it's that's a skill. The things that matter to me are something else. You know, they're you know, that's the things I do in private, or even in public. But they're the things I do. You know, the connection I make with somebody. They're the things I do with rope that are personal to me, you know, because, you know, suspension is, is a great gimmick. It's fun, but it's not necessarily what I'm about, just as whips aren't what I'm about. And you don't get to know that unless you get to know me. 
And in order to know that myself, I had to get to know me. And that's the one thing that everybody has to do. You get in the scene, find the things that make you, you. And then that's when you find your contentment. That's when you, you go, okay, I can do the other things. Or not. Anyway, oh, I, I, I that's agree. another round. I've, I've, I've been in the scene my whole adult life. I've never flogged another living soul. Um, we were having a Sex Positive St. Louis event, and I was trying to tie the Sex Positive St. Louis banner to hang it, and I tied it, and it just fell. And I remember thinking, I've been around real bondage people, you know, <laughs> years and years and years, and I cannot tie a knot. But that's not my thing, you know. I like yeah. being tied up, you know. And I remember, you know, the very first we had, we had the the monthly play party mm-hmm. on flog. And I remember my very first flog walking in. I'd never seen live BDSM ever, and I watched this total stranger get the holy hell beat out of her. And a few minutes later, she was sitting down at the table with me, and she's like, "So are you new here?" What do you think? <laughs> and she was the sweetest person. And, you know, I'll never forget that. And that's what I always try to remind myself when new people, you know, come up to me is I want to be to them what she was to me. Just a person. 